Presents Football Time. Hey, hey, welcome to the Football Time Prod Crap. <laughs> take two, take two. All right, take two. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Podcast. We're here for the week five recap and review with our man TDA Alex. Hey, how's it going? All right, let's get into our headlines. This made headlines. All right, let's kick off our first headline of the week. The Atlanta Falcons played the Carolina Panthers, and it was goodbye for your man, Dan Quinn. The Falcons go to 0-5. Quinn got fired. Also, Dimitrov, the GM, got fired. Uh, This probably should have happened last year, possibly the year before, but it finally did happen, and we can see if the Falcons can maybe resurrect anything going on this season. Yeah, um, I agree with you. This probably should have happened last season. He was brought in because of his uh, defensive genius, and they pretty much had their offense set. They were basically what they believed was a good defense away from winning the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, he couldn't get that team together defensively, and now they've parted ways with him and the GM also. Well, they did let the defensive coordinator take over the head coaching job, which confuses me a little bit. But he does technically have head coaching experience in that he coached Tampa Bay poorly for, I think, maybe one year, possibly got a second year. Yeah, the only thing that uh, I take away from Raheem Morris taking over is that maybe he didn't have so much to do with the uh, actual play calling for the defense, and they thought they'd give him a good shot to kind of prove that he wasn't as bad as that defense seemed. Yeah, uh, maybe he can at least get some sort of spark going on the defensive side of the ball. The offense still looked okay. Uh, Brian wasn't great this week, and he wasn't great last week, but they still had opportunities. Really, they had an opportunity to tie that game right at the end before Brian threw a pick in the end zone. That's sort of part of the course for the Falcons. So what'd you make of the game? Uh, you made the right call on Carolina. I stupidly went away from my Carolina, who I'd been touting all year, and went with my Atlanta Falcons, who pretty much have been screwing me all year long. Yeah, basically just uh, what I was looking at when we were doing our picks on the last show, um, it kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't ready to um, to accept the fact that even without their star running back, Carolina's really not that bad. And I mentioned it a few times that defensively they've been pretty solid. And offensively, also, they've been kind of managing the ball and not doing, uh, not giving the ball away. So it kind of, it's a recipe for success, you know, when you manage the game. And that's pretty much what they're doing right now with Bridgewater. So I, I had a good feeling about them. I thought that Atlanta's defense was atrocious. And I felt like they could probably keep up, especially being a uh, divisional opponent. Yeah. Uh, let's sort of take a peek at this division right now. Um, do you think Carolina can work their way into the playoffs? I, from what I've seen the last handful of weeks, I think they definitely have a chance to work their way in the playoffs. I don't know if they can overtake the Saints in the division, though, but I definitely think they could hit one of those wild card spots, especially with an extra one coming out this year. Well, I even though the New Orleans Saints record doesn't really uh, show it, it's hard for me to pick against them uh, until, I guess, uh, until they don't make the playoffs. I really keep thinking that they're going to find a way to win. Uh, they found a way to win this last week. We'll get into that later, obviously. But I do see Carolina as an up-and-coming team. Maybe not quite there yet, just because they don't have all the weapons. They've got some good complementary players. Um, but you still need superstars to win in this league, and they might be missing one or two here and there. But they're close. They're close. Yeah, Uh would you take Carolina or Tampa Bay? I know they played a little earlier in the year. That game was pretty close. But right now, watching both teams, would you go Carolina or Tampa Bay? Right now, I would have to take Carolina. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I, I just like the way they've been playing, and I like the way they look. They seem well-coached, well-disciplined, and I'm shocked, really. The defense isn't great, but it's better than I thought it would be. Uh, 
especially considering that, you know, they lost pretty much all their mainstays, Luke Keekley, uh, you know, a handful of other guys. And they're pretty much replacing them all with rookies and really young guys. And their defense has looked adequate, I'd say. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, they, they're definitely an up-and-coming team. And as long as they can get some of their key players back, uh, they're definitely a team to watch out for. Okay. Uh, we'll touch on the Falcons a little bit. Done at 0-5, or do you think they can make any run? I think uh, the the moves by by the owner blank are pretty much all you need to know. Uh, they tell us everything, and I think this team is done. As attractive as they are offensively, even without Julio Jones, they just don't seem to be able to stop anybody, and without any defense whatsoever, you just can't win in this league. All right, so I... I think they might, might uh, be able to work themselves back to maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, they almost worked themselves back to 8-8 eight and eight last year. I think they finished 7-9, and nine and they started out like 1-7. and seven. So uh, it it's there. I just don't know if they can work their way there. But, I mean, they can definitely score, and if they can get any sort of stops on defense, they, they can win games, so... And I don't think that division is overly hard. I I don't like Tampa too much. Carolina's, you know, sort of in between. And the Saints are the dominant team in the division, but they look beatable, I'd say. Yeah, I think they're I think all of the teams in this division are pretty close. Um the Saints, to me in my opinion, they're still the, the best team in this division. Uh you have Tampa Bay with a lot of veteran players with a lot of playoff experience and Tom Brady and Gronk. Uh, solid defense, and Carolina up and coming. We talked about them. They're they're a pretty good team overall, defensively and offensively. Um, as far as the Atlanta Falcons go, I think they're probably last or third in their division. But I could see them coming back. They've got enough offense to where they can win a few games and maybe get close to five hundred. Maybe six wins is what I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, it would be nice if they were one and four. That Cowboys game being the one win, I think they have a better chance of bouncing back. And speaking of the Cowboys, Dak Pres- Prescott, I I don't know what to say, completely obliterated his ankle the other day, and he's done for the year. The Cowboys ended up getting the win, uh, but Dak's done for the year, and that looked like a really bad one. So it might be a year, year and a half before he gets fully back to where he as in any type of level of playing quarterback again in this league. Tough injury to see, but, you know, it happens and you sort of got to move on. Yeah, it was uh, very unfortunate regardless of what your feelings are about the Cowboys or even Dak Prescott in general. Uh, You hate to see this happen to anybody, especially under the circumstances of him being uh, on his last year being franchise tagged. Uh, It's really unfortunate. You kind of hope that he recovers soon. He was playing really well, at least from the offensive standpoint. But, um, you know, maybe the Cowboys don't lose much of a beat on offense. It's just that defense that continues to worry people. Yeah, well, I I wanted to touch on that. Uh, Andy Dalton takes his place. Uh, How much of a drop-off do you think that is? I I don't think it's too much of a drop-off. I think this offense continues to, you know, hum pretty much right along. Now the defense is a... A whole nother question. Uh, the Giants, of all people, torched them this week. You you were wondering if they could get to 28 points, and <laughs> they got into the 30s. So, Yeah, um, I, that defense just, you know, as, as much as I'm always surprised each week by how bad they play, they surprise me again each week going forward, and then they probably won't stop surprising me. So um, that defense is really, really bad. Uh, I believe at this point they're probably the worst defense in the league. They made uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants look like uh, a really good team, which we know they're not. But I I think that you don't lose much going from Prescott to Dalton. Um, You lose some things, obviously. Uh, Prescott was really good at scrambling and getting away from danger. Um, The offensive line, I feel like they probably have to alter the way they protect because you're not protecting for the same type of quarterback. Uh, Dalton's not as mobile as Prescott is. So that changes things a little bit, but I don't think the drop-off is very much. If anything, it might help them a little bit 
to rely less on the quarterback's arm and rely more on Ezekiel Elliott and uh, the strong running game that they once had. Yeah, I thought they might go to a little bit more of a balanced attack, which they did in the second half, but also uh, Ezekiel was playing well in the second half where he hadn't been playing great the last couple of games, so they were forced to throw it in. They got behind. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, anything on the Giants' future? 0-5, done. Yeah, at, at this point, I think you just kind of you're, – you're tanking for a pick at this point. So that brings up Daniel Jones. If you're tanking for a pick, do you give up on Daniel Jones and go Trevor Lawrence, or do you see something in, in Daniel Jones here? See, I, I don't think you give up on him just yet. Uh, obviously, if, if you got, if you got a chance to go for Lawrence – you go for Lawrence, you know, it's, it's, this isn't even close, but I don't think you give up on, on Jones just yet. Um, he's shown flashes here and there, but you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really have all the weapons that, uh, other quarterbacks have. So we can't really judge him accordingly, but I, I think you give him a little more time, um, probably in a better system, uh, with more weapons and he might show us some really good progression. Okay, uh, let's move on to the Seattle-Minnesota Vikings game. Uh, curious decision at the end. Uh, analytics people are go, go, go for it. Uh, old school football people are kick the field goal, go up by eight, make Russell get two scores being the touchdown and then the two-point conversion. I'm sort of in between. I think you probably read what the other team's quarterback is. I think you... At that point, you see Russell Wilson. If you're five and you don't get the fourth and one, uh, you're giving him the ball and you're going to lose that game, at least if you go up eight. The worst you can do is tie and go into overtime. So I thought he might should have kicked the field goal. I, th- I thought Collinsworth made a good point on the game about if it's Seattle with a you know full stadium with a lot of noise, I don't think they go for it. But since it was an empty stadium with no noise, they sort of pulled the trigger on going for it, didn't get it. Russell drove down there and won him the game instead of tying the game. What did you think about that decision? You know, that decision, uh, I have mixed emotions about it. Uh, we have these almost unwritten rules in football, you know, uh, when it's fourth and short and you're within scoring distance, you always go for the points. Uh, you know, there's just a bunch of these little unwritten rules, but so much of those decisions come based off of the uh, flow of the game, and it's really hard for people to determine – you know, I, I can't really sit here and say, like, oh, they should have kicked the field goal or they should have gone for it. Uh, the coaches obviously have a really good feel for the game. They're professionals. They get paid millions of dollars to make these decisions. Now, they're not always great. You know, hindsight being 2020, uh, sometimes coaches make some big mistakes. But I feel like, you know, they, they felt it was the right decision, and I'm not going to fault them for it. Yeah, I'm not going to hate them on the decision. I just – it's like I said, you see Russell Wilson over there, and you pretty much know, no matter what, you're giving him the ball back with over a minute. He's The odds are high that he's going to drive down there and score a touchdown, so I just would have taken at least make them score a touchdown, make them get the two-point conversion, and then you're playing in overtime. But, you know, I, I don't hate the decision. Uh, would you have gone for it, or would you have kicked the field goal? I would have kicked the field goal, personally. Yeah, so we're... Two for kick the field goal on this side. All right. Uh, last thing to touch on, there was a bunch of reschedules. Uh, season's starting to get a little wonky here. There's a game here tonight as we're recording this on Tuesday. Do you think this gets worse, or do you think it finally starts to curve down a little bit? At what point do you think they start adding weeks to the end of the year? Well, I was having a conversation with uh, Dynamite David from your college football podcast, and uh, we he mentioned the fact that the NFL should have planned a little bit better. <laughs> Dynamite pick. <laughs> there he is. A little shout-out to Dynamite David. But, you know, he mentioned that the NFL should have been more prepared and probably uh, – should have scheduled in three to four bye weeks for each team just to kind of as a heads up if anything happened. And, you know, I agree with him. The NFL came out and said that they had a plan in place in case of something like this going down. But I said it last time, you can't plan for anything like this. Um, As of right now, there aren't many teams that are dealing with uh, the COVID situation. 
but we don't know what's going to happen. We at any point this could really flare up, and before you know it, it's three teams or four teams, and you've seen the impact that just having to reschedule one game has for the entire league. Um, I, I think that it's scary to think of, but if it goes any deeper than this, there's a potential of the NFL season just completely being axed. Yeah, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope we probably, it's probably getting close to the point where we just start, you know, adding weeks to the season, which, you know, I don't mind. You can move this however you want. You own the stadiums, nothing's going to take over the stadiums. And, you know, you could play the Super Bowl in August and people would still be there to watch it. So, you know, it is what it is. It sort of sucks and it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on, but. Listen, I'm one of those people that wanted the NFL to extend their season. You know, for me, the more football, the better. So, you know, if we have to extend the season, so be it. I, I'd rather have four games late in the season than no games at all. So, All right, so we're going to move on to a new segment on the show. Our You're on my Dunzo, Dunzo segment. You and I are Dunzo. <laughs> all right, so this is a segment about players who are done, completely done, and probably should not be playing football anymore. And the top of my dunzo list this week is our man, Philip Rivers. He cannot throw the football anymore. All he does is throw lob balls seemingly in the middle of the field without seeing any defenders. And it was hurtful watching that Colts-Browns game as the Browns were purposely trying to hand the game to the Colts. And the Colts and Philip Rivers were trying not to take the game. And it was a harsh lesson on the wallet. <laughs> yeah, for um, my first Dunzo pick, and just to be clear, my Dunzo picks are week week to week, so I don't think these players should play this week. Uh, okay. Philip Rivers is done forever. Okay, well, I'll have to take your word on that one. Uh, but my first Dunzo is uh, Dwayne Haskins. Um, I feel like that team is pretty much done <laughs> Uh, in general, and if he wants to stay healthy enough to play for either that team or another team next year, he should just sit on the bench. Well, I think he was too busy faking a stomach flu to even show up this Sunday. So I don't blame him. <laughs> if you if you saw what that offensive line and what those quarterbacks saw, I'd fake being sick also. <laughs> yes, but it probably would have helped Alex Smith not almost die again. Oh, poor guy. All right, so second on my Dunzo list is Tom Brady. The man is forgetting downs. So if we're forgetting downs, you probably shouldn't be out there playing quarterback. And his arm looks very noodle-ish. It's not quite Peyton Manning last year, but it's getting close to a Peyton Manning-type floaty ball that just sort of hangs in there. So Tom Brady is on my Dunzo list. Let's see, for a second, I... First, I want to say that I, I have Tom Brady as an honorable mention. Uh, he's starting to show his age. And listen, this doesn't take anything away from the, from his accolades. The guy was great. He's probably one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. you got to give him his due. But, you know, he's starting to look his age. Like you said, he's starting to forget what down he's on. His arm isn't as strong as it used to be. Uh, but, again, that's just an honorable mention for me. He's not on my list Uh Number second is Phillip Rivers, and for the exact same reasons you said. How is that number two? Did you watch that game? You know, I did. I did, but I I still – he's shown certain games where he can manage the, the game at a un-Phillip Rivers-esque pace, so that's the only reason he's on second. You mean manage the game as never to throw a pass <laughs> and hope they can run the ball every time? That's what they are. That's what the Colts are. You know, you got to run the ball and – and protect it so you make sure he doesn't pass the ball if you can if you can help yourself. All right. One last one on my Dunzo list. Uh, Joe Flacco, he's pretty much been done for, I don't know, ever since he won the Super Bowl in Baltimore, I think. You mean ever since he won the lottery <laughs> and hit that $100 million jackpot? Yes, but I, I think he was possibly at least an acceptable quarterback at one point during that contract. But... Now he is just basically a walking corpse out there. And Joe Flacco, definitely Dunzo. <laughs> For me, I you know, I wouldn't call him Albert Hainsworth. You know, he got paid and he still played pretty well. You're right. He 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 kinda held up for a little bit. 
but yeah, he's he's done so. Um, for me, like again, I said this is a week to week thing for me. Uh, number third, I have Jimmy G over in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was expecting big things from him coming back. I didn't want to jump on the bandwagon just yet because I wanted to see how they were all going to mesh together. Yeah, I have 70-point FanDuel teams that says he's donezo. Oh, man, that was horrendous. That was horrendous. That first half, he had probably one of the lowest quarterback ratings ever in a professional football game. It was really bad. Yeah, Jimmy G also made my honorable mention list. Uh, hopefully his ankle is healthy because C.J. Beathard is not the answer to anyone's crop problems at quarterback. I do like Nick Mullins, but apparently no one likes Nick Mullins anymore at the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I'll, I'll tell you something real quick. Uh, my brother, you know, believe it or not, he's a 49er fan, uh, which made for some interesting uh, NFL seasons, me being a Ram fan and him being a 49er fan. But he In was... the 70s? <laughs> no. Listen, they're rivals. Regardless of how bad they were, they, they were still rivals. But... Um, he kept text messaging me. He was like, oh, yeah, they're going to cover the line and, you know, wait till you see him. They're all back, and I, I'm excited to see Jimmy G. And I, I wasn't too sure, on it, and I and I texted him about it. I said, I'm not certain exactly how it's going to go. I think they might still pull off the win. But anyways, um, the first play of the game, Jimmy G's under center, and he drops back. And the pressure got to him, but I, I saw something. His leg was shaking almost like he was scared to get hit. And we see it happen from time to time with quarterbacks that get injured. Um, they come back, and mentally they're not ready. And I think that's the issue with uh, Jimmy G right now. Well, that's a good breakdown on Jimmy G. I was just going to go with he's terrible. <laughs> he was terrible. All right. So uh, a couple guys who worked their way off my Dunzo list this week, Drew Brees, looking better and better each week, Todd Gurley, Looked better at least for this week and has been a little spunky during the year. And Brandon Cooks, he's still playing football, which I didn't even know for the first four weeks of the season. So Brandon Cooks, a sighting. I don't know how long it will last, but he made it off the Dunzo list this week. Oh, yeah. I'm doing the Archer touchdown celebration as we speak. Um, yeah, I also have Brandon Cooks on my list. I have Drew Brees on my list. Um, I also have uh, Big Ben and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Big Ben, I didn't have him on there. This is just based off what people are saying, that offensively they weren't uh, playing really well, or really well. I feel like he had a good game this time around. Granted, it was against the uh, Eagles and that vaunted defense, but um, I got him on my off list. Baker Mayfield, I was really low on him, uh, especially coming into this last week. Uh, I was really upset that every time I decided to pick him, they... First half Baker or second half Baker? <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to nitpick here. You know, they played well overall, and they got the W, so I'm taking them off the list. All right, so let's move into our review of the games for the week. Uh, we'll start out with the Arizona Cardinals beating my New York Jets. Sadly, it was a it was a tough outing for the New York Jets. I Who could have seen it coming? I thought they were really ready to go out there and dominate. Me. <laughs> uh, the Arizona Cardinals won 30-10. to 10. Uh, Kyler Murray went 27 for 37 for 380 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. DeAndre Hopkins had six catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Joe Flacco went 18 for 33, 195, and a touchdown. And Jamison Crowder, the lone bright spot on the Jets and the pride of the Duke Blue Devils, 8 for 116 and a touchdown. So what'd you make of this game? Uh, I was very saddened, and once again, Adam Gase, why I'd ever trust him to win me money is beyond my really comprehension, but uh, I saw the line this week, so be prepared. <laughs> well, listen, I, I told you, and I mentioned it a few times, I, I didn't like this game whatsoever. I, I The Cardinals are an on and off team, and you really don't know what to expect from them. Uh, the Jets, we know exactly what to expect from them, and I and I tried saying something about it last week, but that's neither here nor there. Um, that team in general is just pretty bad. Le'Veon Bell was coming back. Oh, yeah, he's a big, big addition. But I will give you credit. Uh, you were so high on the Jets this week. 
that I ended up taking Crowder in fantasy and it paid off. So, see, I told you there are positives to <laughs> being with the New York Jets and then being down for the whole game and having to throw. Oh yeah, I, I listened to your podcast. You know, I got some good advice from it, so it helped. All right. Anything else on this game? Uh, Arizona plays Dallas next week. That seems like a pretty big game. Uh, the Jets. I don't want to touch on them, though. Keep them in your mind. We might be fighting over them on the Pigs podcast coming up. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I've got nothing else to add to this game. Let's just let's just move on. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next game on on is the uh, Eagles at the Steelers. Uh, the Eagles uh, went into Pittsburgh and lost twenty nine to thirty eight. Uh, Carson Wentz went 20 of 35 for 258 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, Sanders has almost 100 yards with two touchdowns. Uh, Big Ben went 27 of 34 for 239 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Claypool, the big big story from that game, seven catches, 110 yards, three touchdowns, and he also had a rushing touchdown for four total. All right. Uh, what did you make of this game? I thought it was the best game the Eagles had played. I don't know if that says much since they lost and their now only win is a terrible San Francisco team that the Dolphins just went in there and murdered. Yeah, uh, I feel like uh, Philadelphia played, like you said, their best game that they've played so far this season. Uh, and unfortunately for me, it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I've been really high on this season. Uh, so it doesn't make the Steelers look all that great. I still think that they're a much better team than they showed and maybe this um, we'll get them going offensively. Big Ben had a pretty efficient day. Um, a lot of those passes seemed to be underneath stuff. As I was watching the game, it felt like the Eagles' uh, pass rush was getting pretty close to Big Ben. So a lot of the plays were underneath stuff, not you know, not a lot of deep stuff in that game. And uh, it kind of shows when you look at the stat line, he only missed seven total passes. So, um, But overall, I think Pittsburgh played a pretty good game. They're 4-0 and they look good going forward. Uh, I think I ask this question every week, but Steelers, Bills, Ravens, where do you got them? Okay. I think that I'd have to put the Bills in first uh, just because they're probably a better overall team right now. They're probably a little more set. Now that you say that, the Bills are going to lose yes, by 30 points to the I, Titans I on the COVID list. They're going to get smoked tonight. But uh, I, I like the Bills. I like what Josh Allen is doing. Um, then I would have to, believe it or not, I'd have to go with the Steelers and then the Ravens. See, I I, th- I agree with that. I, I think the Steelers might be better than the Ravens, especially what I've seen from the Ravens in the last couple weeks. Yeah. It, the offense just doesn't look as quite as smooth as it does last year, and the Steelers team can get after you on the defensive end and – I don't know if their offense is great, but they have weapons and numerous ones, so at any point, one of them can go off. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into this, into the Ravens. Uh, obviously, we got the recap coming up for that. But, yeah, I, th- I think that the Steelers are definitely starting to get better, and this is the perfect time to do it, right as we're getting into the uh, second, second quarter of the season. So uh, I f- expect big things from Steelers going forward. Yeah, uh, good call. Anything on the Eagles? Uh, they're still in their division hunt. I, you know, it will probably come down to if they can beat the Cowboys or not, like they did last year. Yeah, that division's going to depend a lot on their uh, record against each other. Uh, thankfully for them, they are in the NFC East, so they have a shot. Uh, they played a lot better. I wasn't expecting them to play as good as they did, so maybe they kind of get some things fixed and look a little bit better going forward? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, this was easily the, the game where I looked at them and said, well, maybe the offense can start to come around. So we'll see if that continues. I'll tell you what, though, that that pass rush uh, for the Eagles, it's not bad. No, uh, they can sort of stop the run and they can rush the passer. Now the secondary becomes quite an issue, as Chase Claypool showed. <laughs> oh, yeah, big day. All right, let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams versus the Washington football team. The Rams won 30-10. to 10. Jared Goff went 21 of 30 for 309 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. The three-headed monster running backs of the Los Angeles Rams had 32 carries for 129 yards and two touchdowns, and the Washington football team really had no stats to speak of. 
and they pretty much did nothing the whole game. Alex Smith did return, which was fun to see, but proceeded to be sacked 400 times and was running for his life on his almost amputated leg. Yeah, this was a this was a fun game for me as a Ram fan to watch. It was good to see them get back into a groove, uh, especially after last week. They they played pretty horribly, especially on offense. Uh, this was one of those games uh, that I feel like is a confidence booster for the team in general. The defense played really well. Um, like you said, the two Washington quarterbacks, I think they had 111 yards total. Uh, so the defense definitely got after them. They knew that they were hurting. And they kind of pinned their ears back and just went after the quarterback. Uh, Aaron Donald was huge. Um, the running backs, I feel like, yeah, it's a three-headed monster. Uh, but I feel like it's mostly going to be going forward, Henderson and Akers. Uh, it seems like Malcolm Brown is kind of getting uh, a little bit less playtime each week, especially now with Akers. Looks like to be a little bit healthy. Uh, Akers had that one big run. Uh, the Rams receivers didn't look super hot, but again, um, you had Cooper Cup who broke down the seams for a big for a big ca- uh, catch. Um, Robert Woods is solid, like he is every week, and um, yeah, I really liked what I saw. Yeah, this was definitely an upgrade over last week's Rams offense. So I, it might just be a week to week Jekyll and Hyde thing, and. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, it'll be interesting when they play Seattle. Yeah, that's that's definitely a game to watch for me. Uh, Seattle has shown some weaknesses on defense, but their offense is super dangerous. So I feel like the Rams are going to have to find a way to get after that offense if they want to keep it close. But we'll get into that game when it comes to the previews. Uh, but as of this week, I'm really happy about the Rams and that big win. Uh, anything on Washington other than – um, uh, just they play football in Washington. <laughs> the Washington football team that plays football in Washington. Uh, you know, I'm really happy. Though it for, might actually be Virginia that they're. <laughs> you know, I'm really happy for Alex Smith. Uh, he obviously had a horrendous uh, injury last season, and a lot of people just kind of assumed that he was done this season when he was named a, a backup and I think a third stringer at that in the beginning of the season. You know, people just kind of assumed that he was on his way out. Um, growing up as a Ram fan and my brother as a 49er fan, uh, Alex Smith was one of those guys that I felt was underrated. Um, you know, him being number one overall pick kind of put a lot of pressure on him. But I felt like towards the mid part of his career with the 49ers, he started playing some really good football and had really grown as a player. Unfortunately, injuries seem to be the type of thing that derail his progress. And it was unfortunate to see it last season, but I'm happy to see him back. Just really unfortunate that he had to go up against Aaron Donald and that defensive front. Yeah, it was nice to see him back. I think that's about all you can say about the Washington football team. We'll move on to the... We're going to move on to the uh, Dolphins at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Dolphins beat the San Francisco 49ers 43-17. to Fitzmagic went 22 for 28 for 350 yards, three touchdowns. Preston Williams had four catches for 106 yards, one touchdown. Jimmy G went 7 for 17 for 77 yards and two interceptions. Uh, Mostert looked pretty good. He had 11 carries for 90 yards. Uh, what do you think about this game? Uh, I don't know if I'm stunned that Miami won, maybe a little bit, but... The fact that they just went in there and shellacked them and put up 40 points on the Niners. I I know most of their defensive guys are out, but their offense looked terrible, and they had most of their offensive guys back in the fold. And just giving up 40 points to Miami on the – Miami was on the road, which just – I think the score shocked me more than the result, more than anything. Yeah, not much more to add to that – other than the fact that, to me, Jimmy G looked a little shaky to start off. He looked like he wasn't quite ready to get hit yet. Um, I thought that the 49ers could pull this win off with their offensive weapons back. So, to me, the score is a little shocking. Uh, expected a closer game. Uh, Miami, we said last on the last show that they're a really gritty team and they're going to kind of play you hard regardless of who you are. But I didn't expect this kind of shellacking. Uh, one question, uh, San Francisco, make playoffs? 
I don't think so. Yeah, after that, uh, and I'll, you know, the loss last week to Philadelphia, I, I think that probably puts him out of the playoffs. All right, uh, moving on. Indianapolis Colts played the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Indianapolis lost 23-32. to Phillip Rivers went 21-33 of for 243 yards and two interceptions. That doesn't even remotely <laughs> convey how bad he was. Baker Mayfield went 21 of 37 for 247, two touchdowns and two interceptions. And Kareem Hunt had 93 total yards and a touchdown. This game was, it sort of sorted out who I thought was probably going to get that last playoff spot. I think Cleveland probably definitely has a heads up on it. I wasn't overwhelmed with how well they played. They really tried to give this game to Indianapolis in the second half. And Indianapolis just couldn't take it and, I just don't know if they can make the playoffs with Phillip Rivers at quarterback right now. For me, the Browns, when the season started off, I was really high on them. I had really high expectations for them, um, and they seemed to underperform. And even in their wins, they seemed to underperform, and it made me think that, all right, you know what, this team isn't as good as I thought they were going to be. I, I did mention this last show that this was going to be a true test uh, going up against a top defense, and – they surprised me. I really didn't think that they would pull off the win, you know, and like you said, they tried to give this game away several times, and even then, they still managed to get the win. Uh, I was really surprised by that. Um, I think going forward, the Browns are probably a matchup-type team, but they're definitely playing a lot better. Uh, what do you make of Indy? Playoffs? No playoffs? Uh, still a chance to win this division? Indy still has a chance, and it's because of that defense. But a lot of it depends on what type of game they're going to play. Indianapolis is definitely a uh, play from you know play from play being a head team. They they can't really come from behind. Um, they're a run first team with limited throwing and good defense, and that's how they're going to win games. Unfortunately for them, they got behind early on, and they had to rely on Philip Rivers, which only came back to bite them in the butt. Okay, also, uh, just make it a note if I ever want to take Indy when they're favored. Uh, <laughs> just hit me over the head with something very solid. You're going to have to hit me too because <laughs> we were both on that one. All right, next game up. Uh, let's see, next game up is the uh, New York Giants. Your New York Giants. They covered New York, baby. <laughs> one and one. Versus the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh the Cowboys won that game 34 to 37. Daniel Jones went 20 of 33 for 222 yards. Uh, he also had one fumble. Uh, Freeman had 87 total yards and one touchdown. Slayton had a big game with eight catches and 129 yards. Um, Dalton went nine for 11 for 111 yards. Uh, coming in for the injured Dak Prescott, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 19 for 91, two touchdowns. And uh, C.D. Lamb, who continues to impress each week, uh, eight catches for 124 yards. Yeah, uh, we already went over that game. We'll move on to the Vikings and the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks won 27-26. Kirk Cousins went 27 for 39 for 249 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception, and a pretty costly fumble in there. Uh, Alex Madison, who came in relief of Cook, who pulled a groin muscle and might be out a couple weeks, looked pretty good. Really like Alex Madison for fantasy. If uh, Cook's out, just a preview for the Fantasy Football Friday show. Went 20 for 112. Adam Thielen had nine catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Russell Wilson probably had his worst game of the year and still led the game-winning drive. Went 20 for 32 for 217, three touchdowns and an interception. And DK Metcalf went six for 93 for two touchdowns, and I think he's slowly becoming probably the best receiver in the league he's just a man beast out there who's huge fast and can really catch the ball yeah we touched on this game uh earlier and uh yeah i agree with you Metcalf is definitely starting to kind of distance himself from some of the other wide receivers in the league the guy's a monster um to me there's still certain situations where he drops passes that he should catch so i i Probably wouldn't say he's the best wide receiver, but he's definitely a top five wide receiver right now. Yeah. All right. So we already touched on this game earlier in the show. Let's move on to the next game. Okay. Uh, we have the Chargers at the Saints. Uh, the Saints won this game 30-27. to 
Uh, Justin Herbert went 20 of 34 for 264 yards and four touchdowns. Mike Williams had five catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns. Drew Brees, like you said earlier, came back to life. He went 33 of 47 for 325 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. He also ran in for a touchdown, so he had two total touchdowns. Uh, Alvin Kamara had 119 total yards, but I think the big story uh, offensively was Emmanuel Sanders with 12 catches for 122 yards. Yeah, he he looks like he's finding his role in that that offense for sure. Uh, This game sort of played out like you'd expect. Chargers find a way to lose. Saints find a way to win. Yeah, I thought it's, this game would be close, especially when I kind of assumed that uh, that the Saints were going to be without certain weapons. Uh, <laughs> Though he was going to come out back until he took a swing at someone. Yeah, see, and I thought he was still too hurt to play, but I, I maybe he just wanted another week off. I don't know. Uh, he was being cool, calm, and collected as he usually is. But, yeah. The Saints they didn't they didn't need him. Uh, probably would have helped to have him there, but you know this Emmanuel Sanders story I think is probably what kind of um, really catches my attention. You know, once they get all their weapons back and the way he's been playing and Camara, uh, I feel like they're they're really dangerous once they get everything going. Yeah, the only thing that's concerning a little bit is they're giving up a lot of like the defense plays well and then they give up an explosive play. And that's what happened uh, this week versus the Chargers. I mean, the defense looked great on plays, and then they just get burned for deep plays by a handful of the Chargers receivers. And I wanted to say that Herbert, I thought, again, looked pretty good. I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback in this league. Yeah, I'm impressed with Herbert. Uh, ever since he came in, you know, after that whole doctor fiasco, um, he's he's been solid, you know. They... They seem to find a way to lose games for some reason, but I, I, I think that the future is bright for Herbert. He's definitely shown uh, flashes and potential of being a really good quarterback in this league. Yeah. Um, only you think anybody can take over the Saints in that division, or you think it's pretty much the Saints? Uh, like I said earlier, I still think that the Saints are my favorite to win that division just because uh, of Drew Brees and Peyton as much as People love to hate Peyton. You know, he's a pretty good coach. But uh, to me, this is the Saints division to lose, especially once they get their weapons back in the fold. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, next game up is the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. The Carolina Panthers won 23-16. Teddy Two Gloves went 27 for 37 for 313 yards and two touchdowns. Mike Davis had 149 total yards and two scores. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson had 205 total yards with a touchdown. Uh, Matt Ryan was terrible and threw a awful pick in the end zone to almost tie this game up. 21 for 37 for 226 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Todd Gurley had 150 total yards in a throwback game with a touchdown, and Calvin Ridley went 8 for 136. So uh, we already touched on this game, so we'll move on to our next barn burner of a game. <laughs> Let's see. We've got the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this was a really lopsided game. The Ravens beat the Bengals 27-3. to uh, Burrow went 19 for 30 for 183 yards, one interception. Lamar Jackson went 19 of 37 for 180 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Brown and Andrews combined for 133 yards and two touchdowns. Um, this game was uh, dreadful, yeah. terrible. <laughs> the Ravens were in second gear, and Joe Burrow was getting beaten to hell. Uh, I don't know what more to say other than Joe might want to learn not to take so many hits, and maybe the coach might want to not put him in the pocket where he's getting killed every other play. Yeah, there's there's really not much to say about this game. Um, the Ravens, even though they won, to me they were a little disappointing. Uh, especially offensively, I feel like they've they and I, and I talked about it before. They've definitely gone away from running the ball as much with Lamar Jackson. And well, I, I think he was a little banged up, which is why. But they didn't run the ball well with Ingram or Dobbins or uh, Edwards either. So th- I think that was a little concerning. See, but even even be you know even when he's healthy, the, I understand why they shy away from running him as much as they did last season. You know, he's obviously the face of the franchise and they want to keep him healthy, but I feel like what made them them last season 
was his mobility, his ability to, you know, get out of the pocket and scramble for yards and, you know, make big plays with his legs. And, you know, when you take that away, it changes the entire dynamic of the team. And I think that's one of the reasons why even the running backs aren't being as successful. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, they, but, you know, they win the game. So I don't know what more you can say, good or bad. Their only loss is to the Chiefs. And if that's your only loss, then you're probably on a pretty good track. Uh, it'll be just curious how these playoff games go when they get there. All right, let's move on to our next game, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. The Texans won 30-14. Gardner Minshew went 31-49 of 49 for 301 yards, two touchdowns. Deshaun Watson went 25-35 of 35 for 359 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Brandon Cooks, like we spoke of off the Dunzo list earlier, went eight catches for 161 yards and one touchdown. All right, what did you make of this game? Uh, the score is a little misleading. I thought the Jags played better than the Texans in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought that Jacksonville should have won this game if if you watch the game from beginning the to end. The dumb kicker missed two, like, 20-yard kicks, like, back-to-back, yeah. back, and then uh, he might come up, but Jay Gruden uh, calling a halfback pass with your undrafted Five foot one running back uh, on fourth and one when you're five yards from the goal line. That that's a very Washington move right there. Yeah, I feel like uh, this game was definitely it came down to the coaching, and uh, that's probably the only reason why the Texans took it. Uh, but there's really not a lot of takeaways from this game. Jacksonville is a Jekyll and Hyde team. They play really well. And sometimes they play really bad. They put up some decent numbers offensively, statistically. But uh, Deshaun Watson's kind of been a disappointment to me this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I didn't think he looked good again. I mean, he is through for a lot of yards, got some touchdowns. But two picks, and he's, I, you know, some of it might be just that offensive line. But he, once again, was just running all over and sort of inaccurate half the time. Yeah, I feel like he forced a lot of throws. Uh if it wasn't for the big game that uh, Brandon Cooks had, by the way, former Rams wide receiver, uh, if it wasn't for the game he had, uh, I feel like Deshaun Watson would have probably been on my worst of the week list. All right. All right. So let's move on to our last and final game on the week, the big upset. Oh, yeah. We had the Raiders at the Chiefs. The Raiders pulled off the upset 40-32. to Derek Carr went 22 of 31 for 347 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, Jacobs had 77 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Ruggs had two long catches for 118 yards and two and one touchdown. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went 22 of 43 for 340 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Tyreek Hill had 93 total yards with one touchdown. Travis Kelsey had eight catches for 108 yards and one touchdown. Uh, what'd you make of this game? It it sort of breaks down a little bit like the Ravens-Bengals game. I thought the Chiefs were sort of in second, third gear the whole game. Uh, the problem is it wasn't the Bengals they were playing. It was the Raiders who were a much better team. They had some big plays. The Chiefs defense didn't come to play this week, and they were just sloppy on offense. Lots, I think they had two or three touchdowns called back on penalties. It was just sort of a sloppy game for the Chiefs. Yeah, I feel um, I feel like... The Chiefs probably overlooked the Raiders this week, which is not a good idea, especially going up against a divisional opponent. Uh, the Raiders were looking forward to this game. I'm pretty sure they had it marked in their calendar going up against the uh, defending champs. Uh, you know, them having a new location, the new city to play for. They probably were really looking forward to this game, and it shows they came out and they were I wrote Oakland Raiders in my thing again. <laughs> <laughs> so where's the jar? Where's the jar at? Because I think you, I think you, you're due to put some money in there. But uh, yeah, I feel like the Raiders came out. They were really gritty. They were um, they were tough. They they weren't great. You know, there were a few instances where they made some mistakes. But overall, I feel like they had a pretty good game plan going in, and um, they just didn't let up. And uh, as far as Kansas City, I think that they were looking past the Raiders. They were looking forward to next week, and it came back and bit them in the behind. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I downgrade Kansas City any. Uh, they were in this game the whole time, essentially in second gear, and still scored 32 points. Defense a little alarming, but I don't downgrade Cincinnati. 
Oakland, I'm curious about uh, what do you Las Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas, I'm curious about. Uh, think they have a shot to make the playoffs. Uh, the offense does look spunky. Defense is sort of hit and miss. You know, they're one of those teams that, that they definitely have a shot. You know, they're gritty enough and they have enough weapons to make a little bit of a run. Um, I still would like to see more consistency from them. But overall, I think they played a really good game. Um, they feel like defensively they, you know, even though Travis Kelsey had a big game, um, there were a lot of plays where he didn't look comfortable. They were kind of, you know, roughing him up a little bit, and he kept throwing his uh, his hands up looking for a flag or something. But um, the Raiders, I think, have a shot at making the playoffs if they can consistently play the way we're uh, – expecting an old Raiders team to play. All right, so that goes for our wrap-up of the week. Now let's move to our best of the week. You had one hell of a game. All right, we're going to start off with the game we just talked about on my best of the week. I got Derek Carr in there. Uh, He takes a lot of sort of crap for the way he plays sometimes, but I just like the way he plays quarterback. I think a lot of teams... uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, could use somebody like Derek Carr in their behind center instead of Phillip Rivers. So I, I just thought I'd give him some love this week. He had some really nice deep passes, which is some of the criticism he takes that he doesn't throw the ball deep. But it's hard to throw the ball deep if you haven't had good receivers. And he has a good receiver in Henry Ruggs who can get deep, and then he throws the ball deep and hits him. Yeah, I could see why you why you took him. He was uh, definitely. I feel like he performed uh, really well this week, especially against the defending champs. Um, I personally decided to go with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I feel like he's doing a really good job so far this season at protecting the ball. Uh, he limits his mistakes. Um, after a couple of seasons in uh, New Orleans backing up Drew Brees, it seems like he kind of got a good feel for uh, what it's like to manage a game and limiting mistakes. And, you know, because of it, he's getting wins and, He's got his team on the cusp of make maybe making the playoffs. Yeah, I had two more. Uh, I wanted to give some love to Travis Fulgram, Philadelphia Eagles receiver, Old Dominion pride. Uh, last uh, week versus San Francisco, caught the game-winning touchdown. This week really burned the Steelers' defense. And just thought I'd throw some love that way. And also Chase Claypool uh, really uh, sort of just had a special game uh, this week versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, Claypool was on my honorable mentions list. He he went off, and, uh, you know, it's very unfortunate I was this close to picking him up on fantasy. Uh, he was within my budget, but I just hadn't seen anything from him to that point, so went in a different direction, unfortunately. All right, so uh, on the defensive end, I got two guys, uh, Aaron Donald and Xavier uh, Howard. Aaron Donald was probably my defensive player every week, but this week he even got his numbers in just a special week with four sacks and was causing havoc the whole game. Now you probably got to do a slight curve with the Washington Redskins grade, but Xavier uh, Howard was part of the Miami Dolphins who were destroying Jimmy G, and he just played really good in the secondary, locked up a lot of those good San Francisco receivers that were coming back this week. Yeah, um, I also had uh, number 99, a.k.a. Man Beast, a.k.a. Baby Hulk, Aaron Donald, uh, the one-man one wrecking crew. Uh, he, was, he was wrecking havoc, man. He was, he was all over that, uh, that Washington backfield. He was, he was getting behind the quarterback. He had four sacks. He had a fumble force. He had three tackles for a loss. You know, and one thing that you don't really see in the stats is how many times he disrupted the play in general. And, you know, he seems to do this every single week. And, you know, I could very easily put him on this list every single week. But... You know, we kind of, we've gone spoiled, um, especially me as a Ram fan where I get to watch him every week. Uh, you get spoiled watching the man. He's a special talent, and um, I wouldn't be mad at anybody for putting him on this list every single week. Yeah. Uh, uh, for coaches, I got Brian Flores, Dolphins coach. Uh, they're always prepared to play. They don't have the best players right now, but they're s- sort of starting to build, and you could see it. And once Tua gets out there and they sort of build off the draft picks they have this year. Hello, Houston Texans. Uh, I think they might be a player in this league in a, in maybe a year or two. Uh, so Brian Flores with a nice win over the San Francisco 49ers is my coach of the week. 
my coach of the week, we talked about it just a little while ago, is uh, Chucky, the Chuckster, John Gruden. Uh, I feel like uh, a lot of people probably expected Kansas City to come out and roll on the Raiders, but uh, he put together a good game plan. He obviously knows what he has with this team. He knows that they're not the flashiest, they're not the best, they're not the most talented. But, you know, being a division opponent, knowing your opponent well, you kind of tend to figure out what their weaknesses are, what their strengths are. And he did a good job at preparing his team to pull off the upset. All right, so let's move to our worst of the week. Terrible. Just terrible. Um, I think I've gone over these guys already, but I'm going to bash them a little more. Philip Rivers and Joe Flacco. Quarterback corpses. Uh... <laughs> I don't know who was worse, probably Philip Rivers, but Joe wasn't much better, and I'm just very disappointed that I put money on these two as my leaders to win me money this week. Well, let's see. Uh, it's probably a good thing that uh, Flacco played quarterback this week because otherwise you know who would have been on my worst offensive list. But uh, this week I actually have an entire unit, and that's the uh, Washington football team's offensive line. Um, the quarterbacks, both quarterbacks were under pressure. Uh, they had one quarterback get banged up. It seems like every single drive, they were... Another one fake sick. <laughs> one sick, one hurt, one coming back from a gruesome injury just to get knocked down and sacked several times. The offensive line in general, uh, it's hard to really put you know put all the blame on them because that Rams front seven tends to be pretty pretty aggressive, especially when they're playing well. Uh, they pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. But I feel like uh, the offensive line could have done a little better job at protecting the quarterback, and uh, they just couldn't do much to stop that that vaunted defensive line. All right, on the defensive side, I got two safeties in here from two safeties that played bad games. Uh, Jimmy Ward of San Francisco was one of the ones who was getting torched by the Miami wide receivers. And then Jonathan Abram was the safety for Kansas City, who was the reason Oakland was torching them, especially Henry Ruggs. You can see him trailing behind on a couple of those plays there. So those are my worst defensive players of the week. Yeah, I was, I'm right there with you. I had similar picks, but uh, again, I decided to go with an entire unit. I went with the uh, 49ers secondary uh, Fitz Magic just torched them. Um, they looked pretty helpless back there. And yes, they do have some injuries on defense, but it wasn't enough for me to expect this type of outcome. Yeah, so uh, we'll go to our coaches. Um, I have a dual coach. One is actually a coordinator. We spoke on him earlier, but first uh, I got Mike Zimmer up there. Just didn't like the decision. I mean, that's your job to make the right decision. And once you see it, hindsight is twenty twenty. Poor decision, cost the team the game, and so he's on my worst list. And then Jay Gruden, just overall for the offensive game plan that he called. Once again, that uh, running back pass with your undrafted running back from a Division two school uh, on fourth and one. <laughs> I don't understand. I will never understand, but watching his career as the Washington football team coach, I sort of understand because he'd call stupid stuff like that all the time. He, you know, you have some really good picks, and I can definitely see why you picked them. Uh, I decided to uh, go with, I was torn between these two coaches, so I just went ahead and put them both on there. I have uh, Kyle Shanahan on my list. Um, one, I feel like the 49ers uh, had been playing pretty solid up until that Philadelphia game, uh, and then we just kind of chalked it up to, the injuries they had on their team. But this week, with a lot of their weapons coming back, we expected them to perform a lot better, and they seemed to choke under pressure, and they just didn't do well at all. Uh, I put part of the blame on Jimmy G, but also on the coach, which is why he's on this list. Um, and then uh, Andy Reid for putting up that pretty bad performance against the Raiders. I feel like they just looked past him, and uh, this is why they lost that game. Yeah, so that's our worst of the week, and that's our show for the week. Anything else you want to touch on, Alex? No, just uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, I am at TD Achilles. That's T-D-A-C-H-I-L-L-E-S. And you are? I'm uh, GLN Champ 5 on Twitter and also on Instagram, so give us a follow. 
Is that right? Yeah, give us a follow. <laughs> give us a follow. If you guys uh, need any information on where you can listen to the show, feel free to hit us up. Or, uh, you know, anything anything you'd like to hear us talk about. Yeah. Also, uh, be on the lookout. We're going to try to do our basketball podcast uh, to preview uh, next year's champion because this year's champion was the Los Angeles Lakers. So be on the lookout and see if we can get that out this week. Yeah, congratulations to the uh, L.A. Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and all the boys. Uh, it feels good to get another championship back in L.A. All right, that's our show, and we're out. Bye.